Hi everybody, it's Steve Weir, Grace Point's Pastor of Arts and Communication, and I'm here to say welcome, or welcome back, to the Grace Point Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes or on our YouTube channel. Feel free to check out our website for all the latest information about everything going on here at Grace Point. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step toward becoming a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. So, uh, so grateful to have an opportunity to be here together to, uh, to be a part of this uh, incredible um, opportunity to, to celebrate what the Lord has done in and through Jeremy and Dad Gummit. He's sitting right in the middle. And so uh, you very well might see me cry. And uh, I, I'm hoping that the first service, all the tears went out. Um, but those of you that know me know that's not true. So, um, as, as Pastor Dave mentioned at the very beginning, uh, this, this morning we're going to be talking about uh, talking to the shepherd and then to the sheep. Uh, we have a, a privilege of being able to, to celebrate what the Lord has done in and through Jeremy's life and um, to be able to uh, share with him this morning. At the very beginning, uh, this part will be to him directly. And so you just have the privilege of hearing our conversation. Um, I shouldn't say conversation, me talking to him. Um, and, uh, and then later, I get to share with you um, as well. Uh, before we do that, uh, let's dive into the word together and, and pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we uh, thank you for the privilege uh, that we have to, uh, to be able to um, open up your word, to be able to, to worship freely in such a country that allows us to be able to do so. We thank, thank you for that. Um, Lord, for such a time as this, you have um, just ordained our steps so that we could hear these words this morning. Uh, Father, knowing that this is uh, not a service about Jeremy, this is not a service that, that Ben is here, this is a service about you. And so, Lord, may we not forget that. Lord, I pray that you bless the words that are spoken this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, we're going to be looking at specifically, uh, talking about the shepherd and the sheep, we're going to be looking at two different passages in scripture, uh, specifically that give us the picture of what it looks like to, uh, to be a shepherd as well as to be a sheep. Um, this morning, we have a theme, and our theme is this, is a faithful shepherd stays true to his calling. Faithful sheep obey the Lord while following their shepherd. As uh, being a part of Jeremy's first uh, test with this uh, ordination process, being able to come here and, and being part of the grilling process, uh, that was a lot of fun. As speaking as his mentor, to, uh, to be able to grill him, um, all I know is uh, I know what I went through with that, and you got off easy, brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, but it was a privilege to be able to be a part of that, to be able to do. So you have passed the first test. And, uh, but uh, Jeremy, it's an honor to come and to speak to you. Thank you for inviting me to be able to be here. Whew. Can't look, can't look. All right. Um, as you're embarking this new opportunity to make it more of an official as a new journey, um, many people don't know what, it, what they think about when it comes to the role of a pastor. Is it a job or is it a ministry? You see, there are some, some thoughts about both. A job is something that you choose. A ministry is something that God chooses for you. 
A job depends on your own abilities. A ministry depends on your submission to the Spirit. A job is done with excellence and makes you look good. A ministry is done with excellence and makes God look good. Jeremy, your task is to find the space between doing your best and trusting God to fill in what is lacking. Trusting him to empower you through. Remember meeting Jeremy, we talked about it this morning, uh, 15 years ago um, already, which just means I'm old. It's back when I had a black beard and Daryl had hair. So <laughs> this was a while ago. Uh, officially starting at youth, as a youth pastor in, uh, at, at New Life Bible Fellowship Church in Oli. And I remember as I was walking up and coming up the steps, and this gentleman proceeds to come and, and, and kind of step forward and introduce himself. He says, hi, my name is Jeremy, and this is my cousin Dan. So those of you that know Dan, he's a piece of work. Later to find out that within the next couple of weeks, uh, maybe a couple months afterwards, uh, finding my lawn being filled with flamingos with a sign that uh, it's a boy. Um, now, what's really interesting is that uh, my wife and I had recently found out that we were pregnant, and we had told no one, not even our parents. So, um, you know, if this pastoring thing doesn't work out, prophecy, brother, okay? Um, it just might work out. But uh, I remember meeting with Jeremy, after, meeting with you after school, and uh, at M&M Sandwich Shop in Oli, and uh, proceeding to go to youth group afterwards, and telling you and your cousin to get in the back of my truck, illegally, and uh, hold on. Um, yes, I was the youth pastor, as you can tell, I'm no longer. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but I do remember there being something different about this kid and finding out, saying that, uh, you know, this kid's been here a while, uh, later to find out that he had recently started coming to the youth ministry at the same time that I did. Never knew that. But there was something different about him. He was encouraging. He was caring. And he had a desire to learn. Remember meeting with him at Chatty's, discussing his call to ministry, and even talking about the, the very question of, right, well, if I'm stepping into ministry here, um, you know, my, my spouse, my future spouse is going to be very important. I said, that's right. You should marry someone like Tara. And he did. So, <laughs> um, like I said, desire to learn. Okay. He listened. He listened very, very well. So, my friend, it's an honor for me to see you grow and to watch you grow and mature as a man of God. I can tell you that seeing you as you've been a part of ministry for a few years now, watching you balance family and ministry, having 20 plus years in ministry, I know that's something that we need to reexamine. It's not that something that, like, like your marriage. You know, your marriage is going to be changing. Your marriage is going to be growing. Your children are going to be changing. Your children are going to be growing. God has given you a very special task with your children and your family. I remember you calling me and telling me about Elias' condition. And joy as well. Precious joy. I just remember sharing with you that God has given you the privilege 
of being their parents, not anybody else. He didn't give them to me. He saw fit you because he knew you could do it. And you have such an incredible spouse, Tara. I love you. I'm so proud of you. Y'all incredible, incredible couple. So glad to be able to watch you guys grow. Remember these things. God first, family second, church third. Don't forget it. Keep those things as a priority in that order. And God will do immense things through you guys. Okay, now we're gonna open up the Bible so that I'll stop crying. Second Timothy chapter four. Specifically, Paul is writing to Timothy of what it is, this is the summation of what it is to be a follower of Christ, to be a shepherd of other believers. Second Timothy chapter four, verses one through five. And it says this. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season to correct, rebuke, and encourage, and with great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Within as the first thing that we want to understand as the shepherd, as the pastor, Preach the word and be true to your calling. Don't waver for those two things. As I was get preparing, I had a phone call called my, my youth pastor from growing up and uh, who lives in South Carolina. And uh, I told him what I had the opportunity to come and to share with you and to share with Jeremy. And, and he was so proud and so I said, you know, you're now a grand pastor because he was able to pass along, pass along these things. And I think about the charge that Paul is giving Timothy here as he's primarily, he's giving them the calling of a pastor. Notice off the very first charge is the presence of no one else but God. Granted, the people in Ephesus are, are reading this letter well as well, but the focus is on God and Timothy. You serve God first, not the people of the congregation. You serve God who is the judge of all people. Man, that's hard to keep in mind sometimes. But you must remember it always. 
In the very first century of the Roman emperor would want to make things, like make an appearance. So when things were going on, they, they was going to make an appearance, the town would, would shut down and they'd want to clean it up and get things in perfect order. The whole town would clean things up and make things fresh and new and, and just like modern cities when they're getting ready to host a big event, they pull everything aside and, and they, they sweep the streets and get the construction completed and unfortunately take the homeless, gather them up and ship them away. All because the city wants it to look its best for whatever is taking place or whoever is coming. You see, the word to describe the emperor's coming was appearance. And this is the same word that Paul uses in reference to Christ Jesus' second coming. You see, Paul's charge to Timothy carries a sense of urgency because Jesus Christ is coming again. Okay, sometimes I like a little interaction. <laughs> um, just to make sure you're awake, Jesus Christ is coming again. Okay, y'all are awake. But this picture is, is of this, the pages of what is being said is that, that Jesus could come at any time. And Paul's charge is to be busy doing the work of the ministry, making things ready for his appearance. If you listen carefully, there's a sense of urgency. Urgency. This is where you guys are, yes, I'm talking specifically to Jeremy, but... Urgency, y'all. Christ is coming again. Are you ready? Is your house in order? Is your life in order? Is your family in order? Are you preparing a way for him? It's important that we know these things and see these things because the urgency is we don't know when, but we do know he is. Paul continues this first command and says to preach the word. Preach means to, to herald or to proclaim publicly. It's the context that Paul tells Timothy to proclaim the word. What he's saying is this is God's message. Which of course is not merely the good news of salvation. He's talking about the complete word of God. Because maybe if you've been a believer for a long time and you've spent time with uh, reading through the Bible and you, you, you skim through Leviticus because you know it's painful and, and you, you walk through Lamentations and you're depressed, you know, like we know we see these things, but the entire work of God is complete and it is profitable. It means that the genealogies are important. It means that the Old Testament and minor prophets are to be spoken of and read and preached. Next, Paul calls on Timothy to be ready to preach the word. In this context, it's like, it's like saying on Saturday night, right before Sunday church, and you, you get a text at 1030 at night, and you're thinking, man, I ain't answering this. It's too late. It's saying, take time. Read it. Respond. Proclaim scripture and pray. No matter what, take the time to obey the calling. 
that God has mentioned and profited you. Remember my father-in-law sharing with me, he was a father, my father-in-law was a preacher for 45 years. And he told me, he said, listen, always have one in your back pocket because you gotta be ready. No matter, no matter, you don't know what's gonna take place, but always have, be ready. So preach the word and to be true to your calling. There's also a, the reason for this, this, this continual state of readiness is based upon the power of the word and it's able to reprove, rebuke, encourage, and teach. You see, the idea behind reproof is one of speaking to the emotions. The idea behind rebuke is to appeal to the mind. The meaning behind encouragement is to preach to the will. Lastly, the preacher of the word must calmly instruct all truth. You see, as first and foremost, as a shepherd, we're to imitate the life of Christ and to have a balanced approach of proclaiming the word in grace and in truth. When I first went to, to New Life in uh, 15 years ago, um, there was a sign that used to be on the back before they, they changed some things around, but there's a sign on the back that says, so that they will see Jesus. I loved standing up on stage and reading that. I think every church should have that in the back. That is, whoever is standing on the stage and sharing with you and preaching, just to remember so that they will see Jesus. I think that's an emulation that we can all have in our own lives. To have in the back of our mind, the back of the forefront of what's going on in our lives. We'll see what's in front of us, but when you look up so that they will see Jesus. Paul continues to further explain this sense of urgency that those would, who would listen to the word, they might grow intolerant of the truth found in the word. See, Paul says that the time is coming, and he is not sure when that was, but it is coming. The time is coming when people, followers of Christ, will only listen to those preachers and teachers who tell them what they want to hear. They want their ears tickled so that they might opt for a, a lighter sermon or a hallmark moment kind of sermon. They might say things like, hey, pastor, make me feel good. I want to leave inspired. The problem is, is that Paul charges Timothy by saying, you to afflict the comforted and comfort the afflicted. So what happens when we preach the word? That very thing. To afflict the comforted and comfort the afflicted. You see, we're in a unique problem in our day when there's all kinds of voices that are calling to the sheep, whether that be the writings of books or, or people doing podcasts, writing blogs, or, or all kinds of, of TikTok moments that are all throughout social media that don't match up to God's word yet are held to the same standard. The reality is that people want to hear what they agree with. What we as followers of Christ are to agree with is Jesus. 
So the reality of falsehoods and myths and stories is that people are attracted to these things, but preach the word and be true to your calling because preaching the word gives us an opportunity to deal with things and it actually might not be tolerated too much longer, but it's important to do so. But finally, Paul speaks to Timothy's life in this personal holiness. And so he goes through this rapid fire secession as he, as he hits Timothy with these four commands. First is this, is to be sober-minded. What this means is to be self-controlled, clear-headed in every situation. So Jeremy, you do this by spending time in the word daily. That is outside of sermon and lesson prep. You encourage and foster the relationship between you and God. It's how you first become a good husband and a good father, much less a good pastor. Second thing is this, is to endure hardship. Endure suffering is the one word that means to suffer misfortune. Following Christ is not always easy. It's actually most often involves difficulty, emotionally, physically, spiritually. So Jeremy, be tough. Thirdly is to share the gospel. This is what he says to Timothy and everyone who walks in his shoes to do the work of an evangelist. Paul means that Timothy should always point people to the gospel that they may see Jesus. It's the good news of Jesus Christ, enough said. Fourthly is this, is to fulfill your calling. Timothy is to fulfill or carry out completely the ministry to which he has been called. So as pastors, we are called to ministry because God has gifted us for such an assignment. And my friend, he has gifted you for such an assignment. It is not a job that we can walk away from if it doesn't suit us. Jeremy, God has a plan in which he has called you. Your job is to fulfill it. Okay, he is off the firing range. It is now your turn. You might be thinking, wait, what? Listen, I didn't come to get talked to. Why are you here? This morning I have the privilege of being able to share something with you that you won't hear your pastor share to you. As a guest speaker, I leave. <laughs> but within the 22 years of ministry that I've had, uh, this is one word, these words I've only spoken one time, one other time, and it wasn't to my congregation. <laughs> okay, so the second part is the sheep into the congregation. So if you would turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13, we're gonna be looking specifically at verse 17. Uh, typically, I, I like to talk around everything that's going on within this piece of scripture, but these words and the summation of what takes place in them is very valuable for us this morning. And I want us to, to hear these things. He, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. 
So as the sheep hear these words, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. The first thing we see here is this, is this overarching summation is to say, obey the Lord and follow your pastoral leadership. See, the writer of Hebrews begins with this imperative. He says to obey your leaders. He's saying to follow the lead of your pastoral leadership. The word leader is typically a generic word, but here it's pretty clear the context is speaking of the elders and the pastors. So he speaks with the same type of of people in verse 7 previously, but there he is speaking of men who have passed away when he says, remember your leaders. However, In verse 17, it speaks of the current alive leaders who are in their position of leadership. So the first thing we want us to understand is this, is to submit to your leadership. Now, this is not a very popular word in America, to submit to your leadership. Talking about scripturally here. Look at this word. It's really interesting because the word submit is not typically, uh, this is not the same word of submission that's mentioned in Ephesians 5. It's different. The word here says to yield or to give way. Now recently we, the world has lost the queen of England, right? And so imagine if she were to walk into a crowd, most likely, we would all step aside and let her on her way to yield or make way for. The submission in this way is that most pastors are not gonna get up in front of your congregation and say, y'all need to listen and submit to my leadership. They're not gonna say that. But scripture, on the other hand, says it, and so I get the opportunity, because I leave, to tell you to submit to your pastoral leadership here at Grace Point. God gives us this obey your pastors. He commands this of us. It's not a if you want to, it's a command. You see, we we follow their leadership. Why? Because they are entrusted with the task of watching over us. You see, that is, was what Paul was saying to Timothy and what's being spoken to Pastor Jeremy in the very same way in 2 Timothy. God's speaking and saying, take care of the people by preaching the word and do what I have given you to do. Now, you might be thinking, listen, in the past, there's been some pastoral leadership that did the wrong thing. That's a title. I'm talking about an action. Pastoral leadership that goes away from what God's word has to say is not pastoral leadership. Pastoral leadership is to say to submit to pastoral leadership. It's an action. 
and realizing that they are in obedience with what God has called them to do and will be held to a standard that you might not be able to do. It's what's interesting is it's the, the pastoral leadership is not going out and making up the rules as they go along. They're following God's direction and leading you as best they can with the Spirit's help. They feed you, they guide you, and are always going to give an account and point you to Jesus. They will give an account through their leadership one day. And the church does not have a representative form of government. This is a theocracy. Jesus is the head. So we submit to pastoral leadership as they submit to God. It's something that, that helps us keep them in check as well as it should keep us in check. Obey the Lord and follow your pastoral leadership as they follow God. The second thing is this. Don't be a burden to your leadership. Don't be a burden to your leadership. The writer says that let me do this with joy, not with a groaning for what would it be no advantage to you. You see, there's nothing that weighs a pastor's heart down more than grumbling people. Nothing weighs the heart down more. Read through the book of Numbers sometimes and notice the burden of the people grumbling as they're grumbling to Moses. Notice the effect, and even it plays in with God. He's tired of it. When I see this type of grumbling in church, it still surprises me to this day. Whether it's in staff or in volunteers, everyone has an opinion which most likely in church world says, God told me to do this, right? And you're like, uh-huh. If it doesn't match up with leadership, then God didn't tell you to do it because they're submitting to what God has to and will be held in account of and to. It weighs on a pastor when people take their eyes off of God and focus upon what their own desires are as well as what the things of this world are. I think the writer of Hebrews knows that you can't always please everyone all the time, but his comment is not that everyone should not be pleased all the time. His comment is doing is, is don't be a burden on the leadership. A, a friend of mine often says an unuttered thought sometimes is a good thing. I think that is what the writer is saying here. You may not want to follow, but do so anyways. Of course, this is all based on the premise that the pastoral leadership and elders are not living in sin or teaching heresy. Two critiques that we have to hold them accountable to. Obey the Lord and follow your pastoral leadership as they follow God. You see, the writer finishes with this thought that if you could do, if you could choose to do, 
or be a burden to your pastoral leadership, it won't be of advantage to you, which is literally means word profitable, like it's not helpful. It doesn't do any good if you're a burden to your leadership. I think it's implied message here is, is that you will not grow and you will face unexpected consequences from God. You see, it's dangerous when we're a burden to leadership because it actually stifles your growth as well as the growth of the body. I don't know about you, uh, but I've been a part of churches that have practiced church discipline. That is a no me gusta moment. No one likes it. It is, not, it is not good for those that are involved as the pastoral leadership. It's also not good for those that the practice of discipline is being put on because they will be held accountable later on for that. But then there's also the disgruntled church members. Ouch. Ouch been a part of a church that that had an argument over the color of the hymnals y'all remember those y'all remember those been a part of a conversation where the they were upset that I wouldn't wear a tie or a church or coat that's why I wore a coat just so I was afraid whether we're to use curtain or shears in the windows of the sanctuary, whether you title it a sanctuary or auditorium. These are the little things that when you think of that they might see Jesus, it's like, I mean, it just puts everything, puts everything down. What does that matter? What you call it. What does it matter if I wear a tie or a coat? What does it matter what the color of the hymnals are? What does it matter? It doesn't. Don't be a burden to leadership. I didn't say this in the first service, so, but I'm going to say it for you, so you're welcome. <laughs> Pray for your church leadership. It's not your last resort. It's your greatest privilege. Pray for them. Pray that God uses them as they disciple and shepherd the people. Obey the Lord and follow your pastoral leadership as they follow God. But thirdly and lastly, we can rejoice because we have much to rejoice over. Jesus is building this church. But if we're sitting and disgruntled in a burden, we're not growing. Jesus is building his church. Do you know what I love about this picture? The picture that I'm even standing here is a miracle of God. The very fact that God chose to use me in Jeremy's life, like, he's, Jeremy's been used in my life. Are you kidding me? He's one of the most encouraging human beings I've ever met in my life. When we were sitting here doing the, the ordination part of this, I just remember sitting back and thinking, 
You know, like, oh, you know, how did you do this to Jeremy? Like, you know, how do you create this? I didn't create this. I, listen, I was a youth pastor for 20 years. I had one Jeremy. Okay, one. He's special. And God has gifted him to you. And I mean that. I mean that. Like, I'm, I'm looking for a youth pastor, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> listen, Dave texted me. He was like, lay off, right? Don't do that. There is a hunt out for you if you do that. I would never do that because I know God's called him here. And I love it. I love that he's called because I've been, a, I've been apart from a, even the outside of this church for years. And I'm so thankful, so thankful that his family gets to be here with you guys. And so thankful that you guys get to be a part of his life. So thankful for Pastor Dave and his leadership, and pastoral leadership, going to college with Steve many moons ago when we were young. But what a privilege to have Grace Point, to be a part of this. Thank you for allowing me to be here this morning. Our theme this morning is this. A faithful shepherd stays true to his calling. Faithful sheep obey the Lord while following their shepherd. Thank you for allowing me to be here. It's a privilege. May God bless this church and Pastor Jeremy. Let's pray together. Lord, I made it. I did it. Thank you. Thank you for getting me through it. Um, Lord, I, I just pray. Just, oh, man, that song we sang earlier, the blessing. His favor be upon you. A thousand generations. We know you're with us. You're for us. We thank you. Lord, I pray a blessing over this church, over this congregation, over the work that you're doing in and through it. May they see Jesus through this church. And may every person who steps foot on this stage point others to you. Because it's all about you. The fact that you use people like us just proves your glory even more. Because you're a good God and worthy to be praised. We praise you and thank you for this opportunity. May we grow in you and may we leave here changed because of your Holy Spirit changing us.